Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Buses are going to be loaded 
going back. I bet you could pay some of them to go back now. Oh, what about the increase in the uh, EMT workers being mistreated and assaulted? According to statistics, there have been 121 assaults against EMS workers in 2023 alone, including a worker that was stabbed eight times in the back on the bus. Yes, they picked up someone with uh, some mental health issues, and the EMS worker was attacked after he pulled a the night from his sock while they're trying to get this together here and what are they going to do to increase the safety of our EMS workers well they said they're going to now put two EMS workers in the back of the bus there'll be a mandatory police assistance and they must be searched before entering the bus now I would hate for someone to be in distress and because you have to be concerned for your safety. Precious moments are going by because there has to be some, you know, security that they're safe and they're going to be safe. Because to be honest, if two of them are on the back of the bus and there's a gun, there may not be much they could do. So, you know, we need to keep everyone listening in prayer. You know, these are our essential workers. These are people we need. These were the people that were out there when we were quarantined. They were out there. So, you know, we got to make sure, you know, this mental health crisis doesn't impede our safety. It doesn't impede the safety of you know, the people that are taking care of us and we know that there's been a surge in this mental health um, issue. And, you know, again, another thing to pray for. Okay? And what else are we talking about? Well, the judge has ordered the expedited process of our SNAP food stamp benefits and their recertification. You know, I guess they were sitting there with their feet up like they were in uh, COVID time. And he said a 30-day time is more than enough time for it to turn around from the initial application process up until the time that there is a decision and people are getting food on their table because the food instability has gone on way too long because of the negligence of our system. So I'm so glad that somebody got involved and, you know, maybe a whole lot of these other agencies need to be re-evaluated. You know, while we're on the topic of food stamps, they also need to re-evaluate the requirements. Yeah, there are a lot of people out here who need the assistance just because their gross income says one thing that does not mean that after they pay rent and utilities and other stuff that they're eligible because right now the only thing they ask you for is your gross income and how many people in your family. So if you're hungry, you will stay hungry because 
there's only one person in the family or two people in the family. Come on, you got to have some better requirements than that. And pay attention to the real. The reality that by the time you finish, food is not a necessity. It's a luxury. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be our next step. You know? All right. So that's how we spent our wow Wednesday. And today, thanks be to God, it is Therapeutic Thursday. Yesterday, we talked about our health in any and many shape, forms, and fashions, whether it's our physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, financial health, whatever it is. And we got to make sure we take care of our health. This temple of God by any means necessary. And there, there's definitely more than one way to skin a cat. So, you know, the, the time kind of knows how to get it done, right? right. So, you know, we're about to get this morning started. So go ahead and get that healthy breakfast. Go ahead and tell somebody that it's the time of Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere. Because we will be right back. Psoriasis is a non-contagious chronic disease that causes the skin to appear dry and scaly and in some cases can crack or bleed. Psoriasis affects as many as 7.5 million people in the United States alone and 125 million people worldwide. Both men and women can get it, and it can occur at any age. Now imagine all of those people being persecuted and taunted for having this disease, and you will begin to get an idea of the problem that we are faced with. Right now, there are methods of treating psoriasis, some very expensive, but there is still no cure. Please visit psoriasiscurenow.org for more information on how you can get involved. Remember, you have the power to help find a psoriasis cure. Morning, good morning, and good morning again. Ooh, welcome back to It's the Time with Pastor Steph, and it is Therapeutic Thursday. Yes. Today, we talk about our health, and we're giving God thanks that we're on this side of the grave, as they say, and uh, we're, almost, we're almost there. We're almost there, everybody. God says one more day for this work week, school week, this week. And we'll be off 
to a wonderful weekend. Well, you know how we do on Thursday morning. We got to get our health talk going. So come on, come on, come on. Get that pen and paper so we can get some information. Okay? I think this one you're going to find really interesting. I think most of them you do find interesting because I'm not going to give you no junk. But do you have any type of digestion problems? <laughs> that sounded straight like a PSA. Wow, Stephanie. Okay, well, if you got digestive problems, digestion problems, however you want to say it, I got a little news for you this morning because I've got some food, and they call it sneaky food, that mess with your digestion, and that pretty much means I haven't looked at the list today. You know, normally I look at the first couple of ones. I didn't look today. I just found the list this morning. Um, but, you know, this is this is a list that says that, you know, hey, you're probably eating a whole lot of food that you don't even realize is messing with your digestion. Ready? Artificial sweeteners. All right, well, that's another reason why you need to get rid of the soda. Well, that astronomy, saccharin, you know, Splenda, Sweet Low. Yeah, well, we know you need Sweet Low and Equal and things like that if you have diabetes. But they say the gut bacteria that controls metabolism was altered. When you eat that, they say that can lead to all sorts of gastrointestinal problems, including an increased propensity to convert food into fat. Okay? Which also means uh, harder to lose weight. Okay? Uh, and you know what? It's also easier to gain. So, watch out for that equal, that splendor, that sweet and low. Yeah. But it must be the digestion system. Digestive system. Look at what I mean. Oh. Coffee. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. That pick-me-up that you need every moment. They say that that caffeine speeds up the digestive tract and may cause diarrhea. Well, that makes no sort of thing. explain why people, when they drink coffee, they got to go to the bathroom. You ever notice that? Yeah. They say the caffeine is also a diuretic. So that means that it can lead to dehydration and even nausea. They say even more, the coffee causes the stomach to produce hydrochloric acid, which, is, which can cause heartburn and indigestion. So they say if you find yourself regularly experiencing GI issues after your cup of coffee, limit it to one cup a day. And don't drink it on an empty stomach to help ease those unpleasant symptoms. Wow. Wow. Broccoli. 
Wow. For those of us who love us some broccoli, well, they say that broccoli and things like uh, vegetables like cauliflower may contain some complex sugars that you can't digest. Wow. And they also can produce gas. They say that they're also rich in soluble fiber, fiber, excuse me, which doesn't break down until it reaches the small intestine, and that can cause gas also. They say that it can cause indigestion, bloating, upset stomach, and gas. Now, don't ditch the broccoli, okay? Because remember, broccoli has a whole lot of benefits. But they say do your best to not overcook your vegetables as it destroys the healthy benefits, all right? So, wow. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, sugar-free food. Wow. This is still clear of those sugar-free candies and gum and the other sugar alcohols that are frequently added to these products, which can cause bloating, gas, or laxative effects when eaten in excessive amounts. Okay? So they're saying, as a rule of thumb, if a sugar alcohol appears in the if, yeah, if sugar alcohol appears in the first three ingredients of a food, avoid it. Or another reason to cut back on that sugar-free gum is it can stimulate the stomach to secrete acid that your body doesn't need, and it may contribute to development of stomach ulcers. Wow. Now, this morning, we're talking about food that mess with our digestion. And they're saying sneaky food. Because some of these foods have health benefits, but yet uh, on the opposite side, they can be messing with your digestion. Well, they say milk, soft cheese, and ice cream. Now, they say 4% of adults have food allergies, which deal with the lactose intolerance, and that's 65% of adults. Wow. They say it happens when you lack the digestive enzyme to produce, to process lactose. That's the sugar found in milk, and it results in GI distress. With symptoms like bloating and diarrhea, they say, but even if you're not lactose intolerant, eating too much dairy can lead to it being digested in the large intestine instead of the stomach. Wow, let me say that again. But even if you're not lactose intolerant, eating too much dairy can lead to its being digested in the large intestine instead of the stomach, which can cause an upset stomach, diarrhea, and gas. 
okay? They say as a better choice, those hard cheeses have lower amounts of lactose, and yogurt is typically well-tolerated because the live cultures digest lactose better. All right? Wow, we're learning some stuff here today. Fried foods. All right? So we know we should be going for that from fries and chicken fingers and all of that kind of stuff. But they say it's worse than we thought as fried fatty foods can cause major distress in your GI tract in more than one way. They say fried foods can move undigested through the body too quickly, leading to diarrhea, or they can do the exact opposite. Since these foods are usually low in fiber, they could stay in your digestive tract too long, making you feel full, bloated, and potentially causing constipation. Either way, it's a lose-lose situation. So in other words, there was no problem. Alrighty. Mm. Citrus fruit. Now we know citrus fruit. Fruit definitely has its benefits. But they say if you're having digestive trouble, it can be tempting to load up on healthy foods like fruits and veggies. But they say be careful for the acidic foods like uh, tomato sauce, citrus fruit, fruit. Lemons, limes, oranges, and grapefruit may cause you even more trouble. It says that they can further irritate the lining of your stomach, leading to heartburn or acid reflux. So cut back on these until you're feeling better. And instead, load up on applesauce or bananas to help ease your discomfort. Okay? Onions and garlic. Ah, candy girl, they give you up. your onions. They say that um, FODMAP, I don't know what in the world that is, never heard of that before. They say they're a group of sugars and fibers found in foods like onions, garlic, and wheat products that aren't absorbed well in the small intestine causing a host of gut issues like gas, bloating, stomach pain, diarrhea, constipation. They say that this FODMAP contains foods including healthy bites like pears, apples, beans, cabbage, and cauliflower. So unfortunately, it can be hard to pinpoint what's causing your distress. If you're having serious hair problems, talk to your doctor to really see what's going on. So look it up. F-O-D, F is in Frank, O-D is in David, Matt. All right, and see what that is. Uh-oh, corn. Yeah, corn is a monster. This uh, corn, <laughs> if you don't chew it long enough, it can pass through your system undigested and cause an, uh, an upset stomach. They say the cellulose that corn contains 
which is an insoluble plant fiber, uh, it doesn't break down in our bodies. So they say when you're eating corn, please chew a little longer, okay? Raw foods, okay? Bacteria in raw animal products can cause food poisoning. And we always hear about that E. coli and salmonella and stuff like that. So they say please take the proper precautions when handling foods like raw meat, poultry, eggs, and seafood. They say make sure to cook foods to proper temperatures to destroy bacteria and don't leave them unrefrigerated for more than two hours to prevent bacterial growth. And uh, if you're spending the entire night next to the toilet, again, there's that E. coli and salmonella and they are warning that those um, bacteria can also be life-threatening to some people. So please be careful how you cook your food. Okay? Grains. We're talking about sneaky foods. That messes with our digestion. Grains, gluten might be just one of the most common um, things that grains hold. They say whether you have celiac disease or not, there's a growing number of people who are finding that they cannot digest gluten. If you find your experience in bloating, pain, gas, diarrhea, after eating foods like bread and pasta, you might have to blame your grains. Okay. Now I'm hoping I'm not talking to too many of us here. Alcohol. Okay. So they're like, listen, go ahead and sip on that margarita. But our digestion might get a punch. They say uh, alcohol is a common trigger of leaky gut because it causes inflammation and that can lead to your um, problems with your digestive tract. They say if you think alcohol might be behind your issues, ah, start drinking something else like water. Oh, this one gonna tell me nuts. Now nuts are on every single list we have as a healthy choice. And boy, it's on this one as a sneaky. And they say that nuts um, are really sometimes a problem with our gastrointestinal system. And it may irritate and cause certain dysfunction. So they say if it does, instead of eating raw nuts, go for like nut butters, and that can definitely help with the digestion. Especially those of us who don't chew properly. I told you all that. I have no back teeth thanks to some bad decisions I made as, you know, as a little younger adult. Yeah, I was like, take them out, just take them out. Really and I didn't have any problems with my teeth growing up. But when I got in my 30s, I got all this kind of stupid little stuff that happened. And um, 
I just told him to pull it out. No root canal, no nothing, man. Never did I think that there would be a day I'd end up with no back teeth. And therefore, you know, think about it. If you don't have any back teeth, how do you chew your food? So you got to spend extra time chewing your food because your food is going down whole. And it may not feel like that. But look at what they just kept They're talking about. Several of those items on that list came with chew your food longer. So I tell you, food under, right? Make sure you take these healthy tips that God has given us and do something with them. Please, please do not eat um, unhealthily because it does catch up with you, you know. God gave us these tips to bring to you on due time. So make sure, you know, you pay attention. You know, I've had several people tell me that, oh, I paid it, you know, I wrote down my notes and now, you know, I know something different. Amen. Amen. Okay. All righty now. Talk about our news. Uh, well, you know, every time you think you've heard it, how bad our adults can be, you know, our adults are making such bad decisions around our children, you know, no wonder these kids are jacked up. Well, and so you've got a New Mexico father who is now in big trouble. Oh, and here's why. So you have a 14-year-old boy who points a gun just arbitrarily points the gun that he had at a girl and fired. And there was about four of them hanging out and listening to music inside this kid's home at about 2.30 in the afternoon. And again, he just points the gun at the girl and he fired. So now he killed her and she dies instantly instantly, and he drags her, drags her body outside, and then he goes back inside. Clearly, like, nothing ever happened. So they say shortly after the shooting, the father of the 14-year-old, he gets home, and he's 39, and he and his son refuse to go outside for 30 minutes during a standoff with state police. Now, the girl is 13 years old. Now, they say that the teen was charged with an open count of murder in the first degree and two counts of tampering with the evidence. They say that he also faces they haven't stated exactly what happened they say that the father was charged with negligently making a firearm accessible 
to a minor resulting in death, stemming from allegedly owning guns inside the home. And the two were booked, and they're at two different detention centers. Well, because the, the kid is only 14 years old. But you know what? We used to ask, could we go over to somebody's house? And the first thing your parents would ask is, who's home? Well, first of all, let, let me, okay, let, so let me back up. My mama would say, don't you got your own home? <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, we really weren't allowed to go over. And you know what? You, you see why. You know, this, this father has this gun in his home. Four kids are hanging out. You know, whether her mother knew, her parents knew, she was over there or not. Because she could have gotten permission to go over there. We're just going to hang out. 13 years old, now she doesn't have a life because some careless, stupid kid decides to point the gun at her and just fire the gun. You know, and she's now dead. How do you account for that as a father of this boy? So instead of you doing what you need to do, no. See, now you know you're in trouble because you left the gun available. Well, I hope they both, and, and I hate to say this because today is our prayer for them. I pray for them. So I'm adding him to the list, you know, but, you know, they say that you should, they, they stop putting kids in jail for life. Yeah, they stop sentencing them um, to life. Yeah, this has been a few years now that they've tried to stop doing this because they're saying that their developmental um, level is not the same as an adult. So you cannot, like, try them and sentence them as an adult. But I'm sorry. My 13-year-old daughter? No. I wouldn't be asking for anything less. I wouldn't be asking that you go to no mental institution. I wouldn't be asking that you go to no mental ward. No, put him away for life and just give him a little couple extra things to do. I, I, I'm sorry. I just could not. Father, oh, you definitely going away for life. Because if it weren't for you, both of those children would have a life. And you endangered any other child in that room. So, yeah, you're going to eat this. You're going to eat this. You're going to eat this. Ridiculous. So sad. So sad. What else are we talking about here? So, talk about stupido. 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 So, you have this issue of a dumb dumb. Oh, that's what Pastor Jeff said on Tuesday. I cannot think of what he called these kids. Call them a dumb dumb. Well, there's a bigger dumb dumb. This Liborio Canale, who's 85, is one of the biggest dumb dumbs that ever lived. So, back in 1986, you had this Barbara Villarreal, who was found dead in Garland, which is about 20 miles away from Dallas, Texas. 
And they say she'd been repeatedly stabbed um, by a large kitchen knife that was found nearby. They say at the time, the police interviewed and cleared her husband. And they also recovered DNA at the time and entered it into the system. Now, you know, back then in 1986, you know, um, forensics and things like that were not, you know, the way it is now. So they say that, you know, off and on over the years, the officers worked with the FBI on the investigation, and they tracked um, leads into Mexico and the United States. And they ended up identifying her husband, Laborio, as a suspect. And they determined that he um, that he had really done it. So they could not find him here in the United States. Well, they say that he's been in Mexico. And they found that somehow or another, Dum Dum came over from Mexico. He crossed the border to celebrate his birthday with his family. And lo and behold, they arrested him right in front of everybody. They set his bond at $1 million and he's going to be extradited to Texas in the next couple of minutes. Now, why am I calling him the dumb dumb? You dumb dumb, you just got finished killing your wife 30 some odd years ago. Yeah, I said it just like that. You just got finished killing your wife 30 some years ago. And the reason why I say that is because you killed her and you are still, you were always a suspect. So as long as you were always a suspect, there's a reason why you went over to Mexico and you've been over there for 30 some odd years. So what you coming back over here to celebrate your birthday for? Well, you're going to have a whole lot of birthdays to celebrate in jail. And we don't know, he's already in his 80s, so we don't know how long God is going to stay his life. But, uh, you're going to live your extra golden years out in jail. Because we know good and well, if you were in Mexico for 30-something years, you surely ain't got no bail money or no bond money to put toward this one mill. Oh, they made sure your behind was not going to be able to uh, get that done. Because uh, if you were typical Mexican, poor person, one of us who can't afford no million dollars, then baby, 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 playing with this, collect your social security check. <laughs> what a dummy. For your birthday. Well, I guess that wasn't such a happy birthday after all, was it? You killed your wife. Stay where it's clear. So we just you know, we're grateful that, you know, you were dumb dumb and now they can arrest you for committing this murder because you thought you were going to be running and hiding 
for the rest of your life. And he really thought that he was going to come over here, celebrate the birthday, and go on back, and nobody would know he was here. He know he didn't kill the wife. Yeah, well. Oh, well. All righty. Now, talking about dum-dums. And I know you should remember this because I think we did this story. So, there's this woman, this Jamie B, who's 25 years old, out in South Carolina. She ended up drinking and was so drunk that she drove her car and somehow or another, she ended up crashing her car into a golf cart. And it killed a woman who had just gotten married. Her husband was on it and a couple of other relatives. So she ended up going to jail. They locked her up immediately. Now she has been in this Charleston detention center. So she saw the judge via video and she was asking to be released on bond. And the judge said, nah, because he thinks that she's a flight risk. Excuse me, So, you know, the, the court heard from, you know, the bride's relatives. And um, this happened back in April. And, you know, all of these people were affected by the woman's death and by the other family members' injuries. And, you know, the mother said, you didn't just kill my child, you killed all of us. So, again, you know, she was driving over twice the speed limit. And uh, her blood alcohol level was 0.261. And she crashed her car into the golf course. Golf cart, I'm sorry. And when she was arrested, she kept telling the cops, I didn't do anything. You need to see the car and the cart. And you were so drunk. You told the cops you didn't do anything. How in the world did you hit anything? Whether it was a wall, a pole, a fire hydrant, two, two, two garbage cans, and you say you didn't do anything. So she's been charged with reckless vehicular homicide, three counts of driving under the influence causing death or great bodily injury. Her attorneys um, constantly had been asking for a $100,000 bond, and the fact that she would attend some substance abuse rehab program and then she would be released to her mother's supervision. Now, we're talking about somebody 25 years old here. So, see, you want to be grown, but yet you're going to be released into mommy's um, uh, 
um, safety, nah. That made, that judge said absolutely not. Well, they are. Uh, she they're going to court in March of twenty four, and the judge was like, she's staying in here. She's not getting out. He's not releasing her. And they're hoping that somehow or another, the judge will let her out on uh, this bond and give her an ankle bracelet so she can stay in the house. But I'm going to tell you something. This this girl here, I don't believe she's, she's learned. And let me tell you something about these, these mamas of these people here. She's being left the house. Mama gonna claim she didn't know nothing. Oh yeah, that that this not gonna be this not gonna be good. Well, here's why they probably the judge really probably gave it to her. They say back in May she was talking on the phone with her boyfriend. Now I don't know why they don't remember that you're being recorded. And she told him that the head person of Charleston County wanted her to be home with her family. And she told him, you know, she's really nice and I think she's going to help me. Things are looking up. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is why I'm saying she, she didn't learn. She didn't learn. She didn't learn. Because she already looking for who's in your corner. Now, my question is, who's this head person of Charleston County? See, Mama knows somebody. Pastor Charlton always says, who do you know? Mama knows somebody. She's really nice, and I think she's going to help me. Help you do what? Help you do what? You just recklessly, recklessly behave behind the the, uh, 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 the wheel of a car, and you murdered somebody. You call it manslaughter, whatever you want to call it. She murdered this woman, and she injured other people. You're talking about things are looking up. What's looking up for them? What This man just got married. He lost his wife the same day. They said they had just been at the wedding reception. And you talk about things are looking up. Somebody is going to look out for you. That's the same way mama would be looking out for you. How could you think like this? That's because you're probably one of them people who never have to pay for anything that she does. Well, the husband is filing a wrongful death suit against her and several bars and restaurants that allegedly served her in the hours before the crash. They say that she was given copious amounts of alcohol after being visibly intoxicated, after an entire day of partying, they say her former employer um, and her unnamed boss are also named for inviting, encouraging, pressuring, and ultimately coercing her to drink alcohol beyond the point of visible intoxication, despite her history of substance abuse. So, not only do you have a drinking problem, you have a substance abuse problem. And I'm telling you, this has been a problem. Mama has been in, uh, uh, enduring. And this is why 
she was able to still walk out and get in this car after a day of partying and hit these people on this golf cart because mama ain't paying no attention. She ain't got no say-so, and the daughter's running all over her. She's probably a big, fat brat, and now lives had to pay for that. Lives had to eat that. But you on the phone. Things are looking up. Yeah, selfish. Selfish, selfish, and super selfish. Let's talk to our due time crew. Let's say good morning to our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Good morning to you, and happy Thursday. How you feeling? I am feeling well, thank you. How are you? I am doing very well, thank you. That's good, that's good. Wow, let's talk about some of this news. So you got this 14-year-old kid who's with his friends, gets a hold of the gun his father has in the house. He points the gun at a 13-year-old girl who's there, and he fires. Now, father comes home, and he joins the melee and locks him and the kid up in the house for this Mexican standoff. And um, now they're both in jail, and they're in two different detention centers. And the kid is being charged. Let me let me talk to you correctly. The kid is being charged with two counts of assault on a police officer. And he also is charged with an open count of murder in the first degree and two counts of tampering with evidence. What kind of sentence does he get? Because, you know, some would say that he's a kid and he should, you know, go away for a little bit of time. Some say that he should go away for the rest of his life. What do you think? I'm completely floored, I mean, about these youth and guns and, ah, we, it, 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 it's almost at a point now where that conversation comes up more than just your everyday, like the, the bizarre, you know, six-year-old, 14-year-old, you know, and, and we can go on, the eight-year-old, um, and it, it's crazy now, you know, you don't, you, you tell them to go clean up their room and, you know, they just, Go off. I'm just not understanding, you know. And manipulative, calculated um, is what I'm seeing, you know, from the scene that I'm – you can't say, oh, it was an accident. I picked up a gun and, and, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. No, you knew what you were doing, you know, and then I'm sure you tried to, you know, make the body look a certain kind of way so that it might have looked like an accident. You know, you thought about this thing, you know, and – Nine times out of ten, you know, this, this, you have been exposed to guns. You've been around. This is not something that just came around, especially at that age. Um, and you're going to serve some real, real time. You know, um, I'm looking at 20 years minimum, no less than 20. All righty. All righty. You know, they say that the development 
um, the developmental age, you know, is, is much further away from 14. And, you know, you should not be held accountable as an adult. Um, however, when you look at the fact that he just pointed the gun at the girl and fired, do you agree with the fact that they should not, um, you know, charge him like that as an adult? No, I don't agree. You know, um, because you know that the average mind doesn't think of pointing a gun at somebody. Even if I'm angry with you, you know, I'll hit you, I'll slap you, I'll punch you, I'll even choke you. I don't even, that's not something that comes to my mind. You know, even in jest and play, that's something that, because I know even if, if an accident, you know, it could go off. While I'm pointed in your direction, it could accidentally go off. And now, you know, I, I'm, you know, charged for murder. And, but you, you pointed it at her, you know. And so my thing is, you can't say, oh, I, I haven't been around guns and it accidentally went off. And especially when you're trying to manipulate the body. You know, so, uh, no, I, I, I really honestly think that you need to sit and think on it. And so it, if 20 years does it, then so be it. All righty, all righty. Well, you've got the dum-dum <laughs> who killed the wife back in 86 and uh, must have thought he was getting off. Or they forgot. Crossed the border for the birthday, and they snatched him up. Dum uh, dum or what? Muy bien, Mauricio. Muy bien. <laughs> I just, you know, my thing is, you were there in Mexico. You were enjoying yourself. You were living your life. So I guess you decided that you wanted to party of all parties. Well, you got it now. So, you know, um, now you're going to have to serve the time for the damage that you did for the life that you took. Oh, looks like that, my girl. Looks like that. Well, last but not least, this drunk driver, 25-year-old girl, who got drunk from partying all day, um, alcohol level was way above the legal limit. She was also driving double the speed limit. And she's on the phone telling her boyfriend that, um, you know, somebody that she knows, um, the head of, the head person of Charleston County, wanted her to be home with her family. And, you know, she's really nice. and I think she's going to help me. Things are looking up, and the the, the uh, attorney is trying to get her home to be with her mother, and would have to go to substance abuse rehab, as well as an ankle bracelet. Now, I'm trying to figure out how you're going to do both, but that's just definite. Um, but the judge said, no, you're not getting out on no bond. That is not happening. You're a flight risk. What do you think? I think the judge is right, you know, and I'm still not understanding with all this technology that we have, it didn't occur to you that maybe somebody is listening to your calls. That's the part that throws me off for one. 
and you know um it kind of seems to me that you're not even concerned about the lives that you took you're just trying to get off you know let me let me get out of this place and and you know mm-hmm. I, I thought about your mm-hmm. conversation you're right as soon as you get home you're you gonna find you some place to be you know maybe you'll maybe she'll mm-hmm. be the one to go to mexico you know, we, we don't know, but we know that for sure. You're running. <laughs> You're running. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, he de- the judge definitely said he felt she was a flight risk. So something must have come up in his on his radar that said, Mama ain't going to be of no use. She ain't going to help. She's not going to help. And you know what? He's probably right. You know, like you said, she'll probably find her way to Mexico. And uh, they won't be able to find her. She's just in, she's got a substance abuse problem. And she's in there, and she, they didn't say. They also found that, you know, she apologized or was remorseful. No, you're talking about who likes you and who, how nice right. they are. No, nah, that, that's not on her. That's not on, on her uh, concern level. She's saying nothing about, you know, well, I really need to get some help. No, you talk about how you getting up out of there. So you know what? Stay in there and rot. Because those, those, those people, have, their lives are forever changed. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Brother Al, I see you out there. I'm going to hold you off one more round um, so you can take part in the next leg. But we're going to have some fun this morning. But in the interim, let's get to our girl, Shanti. Oh, good morning, Shanti. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Uh, That's good. I'm well, thank you. I'm well. All right. So we got some news to talk about before we get to the next leg where everybody can participate. What do you think of this, you know, this, this kid who points the gun at his friend's um, at the girl and pulled the trigger, and you know, again, like I asked Tamika, you know, they say that you know, when you're 14 years old, they do not um, sentence these children to life anymore because their developmental level is different than of an, an adult, and you should not sentence them to life. But when you look at the chain of events here. Does that make you change your mind if that's the way you thought? Uh, right. I, I understand what they're saying, especially, you know, we talk a lot about, even with the adults, how they just, we know that these prison facilities are not rehab facilities, so there's no mental work being done, there's no emotional work being done. You're just thrown in with other crazy sick people and you do your time. Here, I think there should be, there should definitely be, you know, he should definitely get penalized as if he's an adult. Um, I think there should be a heavy investigation as far as, you know, who he is, how he is, because unfortunately, he knew that there was a gun in the house. He knew that he can access the gun, and he was probably doing what he saw his father doing. You know, and you don't know if there's been some abuse, and there, there's no excuses, especially that this girl done lost her life. I, I think that, you know, it's really easy, it's extremely easy to say, 
throw him in there for life. He just carelessly pulled his gun out, pointed it, clearly shot this girl, now this girl dead. Like, there's no coming back for her. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the times these parents play such a heavy role in the mentality of the younger people. I think there should definitely be some type of looking into this while he's while he's being penalized. And there's no holding off on it because at the end of the day, you knew what you were doing. This girl was not a threat to you or, or anything. So it, it should definitely, you know, be some type of looking into this as well. His father should definitely get the highest <laughs> level of punishment there is because, like it was said, if you did not have his gun in the house and if it was not accessible, whether he wanted to do this or not, he wouldn't have had an opportunity to to do this. But, you know, as easy as it is to say, yeah, throw him in there for life, this girl just lost her life. It's, I don't know, something is, is just like, it, these parents, man, they, they mess these kids up. And there's there's no, we know these kids are out of their home. A lot of the stuff that they do is things that they see their parents do. You know, has this father pointed the gun at him before? Has you know he just thought I don't know. It's these these guns. Whoever sold the father the gun needs to get penalized as well. All righty, all righty, all righty. Thank you so much for that. What about the dum dum who crosses the border? Because he needs to celebrate his birthday. He is celebrating now. Right in the county prison, you get to celebrate with all of the other inmates that's been celebrating their birthday in there for who knows how long. Ain't no birthday cake, ain't no candles. It's just, he probably just wanted to get locked up. Because that, that was dumb. That, that, that was stupid. How many birthdays have you celebrated while you were on the run or while you were over in Mexico, and now you just, what was so special about this birthday? You just had to come back across the border. That that was so good. Well, I mean, pretty much he probably thought, you know, listen, you're 37 years old, which means that he's been on the run for 36 years. You know, he probably figured nobody ever came over to Mexico and, and bothered him about this, this murder. So he had nothing to worry about. I was only going over there to celebrate a birthday for a day. And he probably figured he'd go over there, clink a couple of glasses, and come back on home, cross the border. And unfortunately, he found out that uh, clinking glasses wasn't worth it. He could have clinked them same glasses over at home. So, you know, that's, this is what happens when you think you've gotten away with something. Life goes on, and... You know, now there's a reality that life will go on, like you said, with all of the other birthday celebrators. And then they'll teach you how to uh-huh. celebrate your birthday. So, you know, well, you have a brand new way of celebrating your birthday that you haven't known for the past 36 years. Well, uh-huh. how about year old young lady who uh, driving under the influence double the speed limit, well over the, the legal limit of alcohol consumption, uh, kills the bride, and 
endangers the others on the cart, including the husband. And you are worried about who likes you. And, you know, this is what you tell your boyfriend. Well, the judge says no. What do you think? Do you think he was harsh? Do you think he was on point? Wait, she said what to the boyfriend? I'm sorry. She said to the boyfriend on the phone, they had a recorded um, conversation that she had with the boyfriend, Mm. and she told the boyfriend that the head person of Charleston County wanted her home, wanted her to be home with her family, and she's Mm -hmm. really nice, and I think she's going to help me. Things are really looking up because she's talking to him about coming home, you know, and uh, she's She's hoping that, you know, the the attorney would get, you know, the wish of the wish granted of the $100,000 bond. Judge says, absolutely not. Do you think the judge was overreacting? Absolutely not. He wasn't. There's been way too many people who have gotten away with, what, what do they call it, vehicular murder or vehicular manslaughter, whatever it is. Yeah, there have been way too many people, especially with them being on the other side of the fence, who have gotten away with this. And the fact that you were arrogant enough to even discuss that is looking like you coming home. Even if it did, that's just something I would have to keep to myself because I I wouldn't deserve to go home. I wouldn't deserve... you, You don't even deserve for there to be a consideration of a bond, you know, because we've watched how even with documentaries, I mean, this was like real, this wasn't anything scripted, how, you know, the defense attorney would go to ask the judge and the judge wouldn't even let the defense attorney finish. It's like, yeah, right, no, no, no bond, no. He, that judge has to make sure he or she puts their foot down because, this is now sending a message to all of the other young people who think it's okay to get drunk and high and drive under the, under the influence and you've taken people's lives, you've um, injured other people and not just physically. You know, no. So he, the judge was not too harsh. Unfortunately, you now have to set the tone for it. Any other person that comes behind you that does something like this, you know, have to be the example. And because you had that conversation, like, you shut up. If that's what's happening, then just be quiet. Why is this public knowledge? All righty, all righty, all righty. Well, thank you, Tamika and Shantice, for um, indulging me in my news. Well, Brother Al joined the party. We're about to play Rip from the Headlines. Oh, y'all know my favorite game of the month. We haven't played in a while. We haven't played in a while. We've had our guests on, and man, oh, man, oh, man. So, I got a story. So, out in California, <laughs> there seems to be this series of robberies um, all over, you know, but especially there. And what they've been doing, and we did a story like this a while ago um, where they just walk in a store, they take the stuff that they want, 
and they just walked right out the store. Remember, we I think one of them was like a family dollar. Um, we did a couple of stories like this, and um, they put this stuff right out in a cart. Well, you had this man, um, some migrant. He takes a huge garbage can in inside a seven a seven eleven a twenty gallon trash can. He goes behind the counter and he begins to dump all of the cigarettes, the cigars, the vapes into the garbage can. So there's a guy, a, a bystander, and he says, "Listen, let him go, let him go, let him go. Um, there's nothing we could do about you could do about this." You know, he's saying this to the workers in the Seven Eleven, and we know who the workers are in Seven Eleven. Let me just say that, okay? And they're like, "Listen, just leave him alone because you know you don't want to. If he has a gun or anything, you, you don't want to, you know, have to deal with that." Well, they let him go at first. Until the vagrant pushes past one of the workers with the garbage can, telling him to move out his way. Well, he picks up a broomstick and he begins to wail on him. And the co worker um, jumps in and starts punching him all over the place on his back or whatever. So the bystander goes, whip him, whip him, whip him. Fill in the blanks. Whip him. So the robber is now, I'm done, I'm done, please, please. I'm going, I'm going, let me go, let me go. So they started to call the cops, but then opted to let him go. They they said, you know what, go ahead before we call the cops. He then asks, wait, i got to get the question together. I missed my question. I'm sorry. He asks, while he's on the floor, he's trying to get up to leave. He's begging them not to beat him anymore. And then he asks, can I get a soda for the road? And they was like, are you out of your mind? So they they whip him again, and he runs out the store. Brother Al, brother Al, brother Al. What do you think? Let me say good morning to you. Good morning to you, brother Al. (laughs) Good morning. I'm sitting here listening and cracking up. (laughs) Oh, my God. What a soda. Oh my oh, God! I, I just wonder where did y'all find these crazy stories? But um, <laughs> I think I'd have beat him again too. What you asked? I mean, it beat you down because you came in here doing something you got no business doing. Then you say, "Okay, you know what? Enough for the beating. Okay, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm leaving. All right, get out of my store. Okay, I'm leaving. But you think I might can get a soda on the way out? I'm gonna beat him again too." <laughs> So now oh, you trying to play God. me? I now I guess the first beat wasn't done, so I'm getting ready to beat you again. 
Yes, because they, they beat him up some more. The nerve of But you know, the nerve of you. The nerve, like, you serious right now? No, oh, I'm going to beat you to you ain't thirsty no more. Every time I hit you, I'm going to ask you, do you still want that sober? Oh, my goodness. He said to you, you're not thirsty no more. Wow. Yeah, this is this is a bit much. This is uh, a bit much, brother. I, I tell you, you need this, and you need to see the picture of the uh, of the vagrant. He looks like <laughs> crackhead with no teeth. He's got his face covered up with a makeshift mask. Oh, he's looking real rugged, and you know oh, yeah. that's what he should have went asking. That's what he should have went in the store asking. Welcome this morning, brother Al. Thank you so much for joining us. Ah, uh, Tamika. Should he have gotten that soda? No, he's not getting no soda. What in the world is going on in California? I just don't get it. Like, you went in there, you came in with a good idea, you know, and this this is one of those I, times when you don't think about the odds of what happens when you go in. So you got the garbage can. That was a good plan. You, you're going to load up, take all of that stuff, and you probably resell it for, you know, whatever. Um, but you didn't pay for it. So, you know, coming out with it, you you feel like you're going you're gonna to benefit. You never thought that when you got in there, Somebody was going to be like the episode of Coming to America when the guy came into McDowell's and was trying to rob the place. You know, you got a broomstick and now you get beat down. You got the the beat, beating of a lifetime, you know. Whatever mama didn't take care of, they took care of just then and there. You know, and <laughs> to, to add insult to injury, you figure out, you know, okay, 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 okay. Don't beat me no more. Don't beat me no more. You think maybe possibly I could get a soda for the road? You know, like, I would laugh and then beat you again. I really would because that's just stupid. You're just not using your brain. You figure, okay, well, I know I'm going to serve some time, so at least give me a soda. I probably would have asked for one of the types of cigarettes because you're going to need them in jail. Man, man, man. They were already letting you off without calling the cops, stupid. Goodness gracious. What a dope. Shanti, should he have gotten that soda to go? Yeah, that's the last soda he going to have for a while. Give him the soda. That was no plan. He That sounded like he was just walking past 7-Eleven and said, hmm, Maybe I'll just go in there and see what I can get real quick. Put some over his face. <laughs> ran in there to rob them. Didn't work out. Got beat like your mama should have beat you. And now you're like, well, let me not leave empty-handed. I mean, you know, can I get... <laughs> you know, it's just like, he, he's lucky he didn't get killed. He's lucky he didn't get killed. Just for asking that. Not even for coming in and, and robbing them, but for asking for something on your way out while you getting you about to get thrown out. It, it, it's it's people just he, he ain't have no plans. Get get that man that soda. He ain't gonna have soda again for a long time. I don't think they serve soda in jail. Give him the little courtesy yeah. cup while he sits there while y'all <laughs> wait for the patio I'm picking up. You know that 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 ain't costing y'all nothing. Y'all don't already beat the man. Y'all got y'all satisfaction. He ain't take nothing. 
Do a little courtesy cup, a little ice, not too much. And, you know, let let him sit there. It's sad. He ain't had no plan. He had no plan. Whole thing. Well, you would have left thirsty. I wouldn't have given you nothing. I wouldn't even have put it in your hand for a dime. I was saying, I was like, wait, Chris, 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 Chris Rocker, I'm going to get you sucker. Chris Rocker, I'm going to get you sucker. Pull some of my hands 15 cents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you would have got nothing, nothing, nothing. All right, here we go. Rip from the headlines. All right, my girlfriend and I just had an argument about me walking around home wearing only shorts. We live in Spain where it's damp and 86-plus degrees every day. We don't use AC, but only a couple of fans. My argument is that it's too hot to be wearing T-shirts indoors, especially if it's only me and her at home. I got frustrated and told her, it's not like I'm running around with my junk out, and besides, we're not strangers. What really bothers you? She said she doesn't want to look at my fat white body every day and make her uncomfortable. And if I can't change that, then maybe I should move out. I certainly don't have an athletic body, but I am not obese either. An average shape of a 30-year-old and who exercises occasionally. Wow. Am I the one who is, uh, am I unrealistic and unfair? Tamika. <sighs> she has gotten tired of looking at me. You know, it, it, it's sad <laughs> because, you know, you think you're going to get in a relationship and, you know, maybe when you first started, she was attracted, you know, and you, you put on a little weight, a little extra weight, you know, and, and that's a real insult. You know, put on a T-shirt, you know. I mean, that's something that you say, okay, like, you know, me living with my brother, you know, he has a tendency to forget that there are two of us in the house. And I'm like, no, put on a T-shirt. That's something that you say with a sibling, you know, or – but. In a relationship, you know, you expect them to be, especially if it's hot, the hotter it is, the less you're going to wear, you know. And so when you look over at me and tell me, will you put on a T-shirt? I'm already offended. You know, what what, what really is the problem? She, she done got tired of you. Um, you home all day. You know, just like when the transition of the pandemic, you know, you used to that person going home, you know, going to work. Now you're sitting there, I got to look at you all day long. Please put on a T-shirt. You know, my heart goes out to him. You know, maybe he should look for something else or, um, you know, maybe. I don't, we don't know what the dynamics is. You know, did you put on weight and you need to lose the weight? Or she just really tired of just looking at you, you know. And it makes it complicated because you don't use an air conditioner. So now you're uncomfortable either way, you know. And either way you step, if you turn on the air, it's going to be a problem. And if you, you know, walk without a T-shirt, it's going to be a problem. So I, I think maybe you should try and start looking either to either start working out or decide what, what you want to do. Is it worth staying in this relationship or moving on? Well, right now. Shanti, put a T-shirt on or move out. He need to get a new girlfriend because she's cheating on him. How you gonna see your boyfriend like that? She's around another man whose body is more fit, and it is just turning her off. 
every time she looks at him because she's always comparing. I cannot imagine telling my boyfriend, we're in the house. We're not outside. We're in the house, whether we had AC or not. And I'm telling you, like, oh, listen, the body just disgusts me. Put a white beat on, a T-shirt, something. Like, how do you say that to your boyfriend? She's comparing him to somebody else she's dealing with. He might as well cut his losses now, and they go about to separate. Because that, that, that's just me. I wouldn't even do that. That's goodness gracious. <laughs> brother Al, brother Al, brother Al. Put a T-shirt on, or maybe you need to find a new place to lay. Now, I wanted to make sure now, don't they're not in a relationship, right? They're just roommates? No, they're in a relationship. That's a boyfriend. Oh, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay, that's Oh, boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh wow. <laughs> ah, that changes my thing. <laughs> oh my god, wow. So not only does she need to find another place, she needs to rethink her relationship. Because obviously you're not attracted to her no more to tell her, you know, to tell her that, hey, put some clothes on. You know, like, I'm tired of watching you, you know, looking at you walk around and, and stuff. You know, if you're attracted to it, you know, I'm, I'm going to turn the heat on on purpose. I want you walking around bucket naked. I'll turn the heat up. <laughs> but <You know>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to encourage it. Let me turn the heat up a little bit more. <laughs> Let me turn the heat up a little bit more. But but obviously he's not, you know, on the real note, obviously he's not attracted to her no more. You know, for you to say, you know, I'm tired of looking at you like that. So not only that, they need, they need to rethink their relationship as well. All right, but... Uh, I thought they were just roommates or something, but now when you said that, that changed everything. No, 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 no. It's actually, it, it's the same concept. We get it, but no, no, no. They, they, they in a relationship, brother Al. They in a relationship. All right, all right, all right. Mm. Rip from the headline. My wife comes from a large religious family in Mississippi. Her dad's a pastor, and both her parents are abusive. She got away through college. Her baby brother, Lucas, was outed a few months ago by his abusive boyfriend, and their parents kicked him out. The brother's 15 years old. We went and got him, and he's been staying with us over the summer. We discovered he's an alcoholic, a coping mechanism to deal with his parents and his boyfriend. Now I feel for the kid. I do, both. I do but both me and my wife agreed on no kids. I never wanted to be a parent. Now... I'm doing parent things like driving him to AA and therapy sessions, taking him to and from summer school. I had to get rid of all my alcohol, and my wife is looking for schools closer to us for the fall. I try to hide it, but I'm pretty sure Lucas can tell that I don't like playing dad, and he kind of shies away from me. I guess sometime recently he confided into my wife that he thought I didn't like him and that I didn't want him there. She confronted me but it but last night about it last night and told me she noticed it too. I told her I never signed up to be a dad and she never discussed with me 
um, about him permanently staying with us. This started a huge argument about how I have no empathy about what he's going through and how she couldn't just leave her brother. What should I do? Oh, Shanti, what you got? Now, this is the brother's kid, right? No, no. This he, this is the the husband who's complaining about the wife's right, right. younger brother. Oh, the wife's younger brother. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you said it was her brother's kid. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, I I don't. It doesn't sound like she's considering her husband enough because it's yes, this is my younger sibling. He's going through it. Let's help him out. Helping out is one thing. Now you're talking about we're about to become someone's guardian, and as noble as that is, you have to consider your spouse and how they feel about it. If this is why a lot of these kids are coming up dead now, because either neither parent wants their child or one parent doesn't want and the other parent does, and it's just either direct or indirect coercion of, well, you should be a parent, you should be a parent, um, you know, especially if they made the baby. But it doesn't sound like she's considering him enough, but we're going to help him. If we still okay, we're going to take a few months to help him get on his feet. And I understand that he's underage. Um, but if this man has, you know, specifically said, you know, I intentionally, we intentionally don't have any kids, and now our marriage you know, my my habits, you telling me moving forward, all of this has to change. You talk you tell somebody thought they liquor, let me tell you something. Already it's about to be a hostile situation. Okay? You, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of talking to me you gonna have to do. You telling me now I gotta throw my liquor because so and so got a liquor problem. I don't care how old they are. They could be an infant, they could be ninety nine. Anybody trying to hear that? So it, you have to consider the other person. So, I mean, and he's told her, and now she's being combative. Uh, what should he do? Uh, I mean, I don't say stay your ground, but you have to keep explaining to her, you know, that something has to be done where it can work out, you know, for the both of them. Because it doesn't sound like he doesn't want to help. It just sounds like, okay, you trying to make this a permanent thing. I ain't with that. All righty, all righty. Brother Al, Brother Al, what say you? Wow, that, that's such a that's such a, uh, a tough situation um, because, okay, this is your wife, and she loves you. She loves her brother. She don't want to see her brother, you know, go down the wrong path or whatever have you, and he's not up to it. So I do believe that she has to respect that. You know, okay, listen, I'm... You know, maybe he saw some of his brother. Because sometimes if we got a sibling or somebody like that, they could be doing craziness and stuff. And you don't want to see it because, hey, that's my brother. But the person looking on the outside is like, yo, you don't see what he's doing. You, he's taking advantage and this, this, and that. So she has to respect that. Hey, listen, I'm, I love you, but I, ain't, I don't want to lose your brother. I'm, I'm not helping out. And I think she, she just has to respect that. You can't force him to do it. Because then if he forces her to do it, whatever he's going to do, it's not from the heart, and it's going to be done out of anger. So they need to sit down and have a serious talk and come to a conclusion. She has to understand, listen, okay, he don't want to deal with it and deal with my brother and have to move forward. 
But I think they should maybe come up with a solution together as husband and wife. All right, listen, I ain't trying to deal with your brother, but you know what? Let's see where we can send him for help or place him somewhere for help. I don't think he should just shut her out like that either. All right, all right. Tamika, what do you think? That's a real rough one, you know, especially when we're talking about matters of the heart. We're talking about family. You know, um, we on this broadcast have spoken in great detail, especially when we're talking about exterior family members and we're talking about marriage. You know, there there are things that happen in life that you can't control, you know. And if I've got a sibling who's in a, a detrimental situation, meaning that if, if he's at home and he's being abused and beaten and there's no telling what could happen to him. We've got to come to a decision, you know, and I understand that, you know, you haven't been exposed to children, you didn't want children, but this is an extenuating circumstance, and it's not something, you know, that I want to see my, my sibling go down, you know, let's let's come up with the best resource that we can, you know, there are situations that the husband's going to have to say, hey, listen, you know, there, there are no other situations, let's work together, you know, and vice versa. You know, we have to come to a daily agreement, you know, um, prior to the move being, being made. And then at that point, oh, how do you feel while we're in the middle of it? Because, you know, it can be detrimental for both parties and, and, and there has to be some kind of way. Sometimes you can't wait, you know, sometimes you got to go ahead and make that move quickly so that, you know, your family member, I mean, if you're saying that he's being abused, we just talked about the other day where somebody left a child in the closet, you know, and they died, you know, so this, you know, we don't know what type of abuse, but it, if it's in that type of nature, we got to make a move. And if that move means coming into the house, then we've got to do it. And, you know, at that point, continue to talk about the moves, the steps that we're making so that it's progressive for the household. All righty. All righty. Oh, I got two more, but I'm, I'm going to definitely do this one. Uh, rip from the headlines. I work as a lifeguard at a pool. We have this kid, we'll call him Johnny, who regularly comes into the pool with his mother. Johnny is very clearly mentally disabled in some sense, and he always has to wear a life jacket, so I make sure I'm closely watching him. Today, Johnny came in, and he had a water gun, which is allowed. He kept spraying random patrons with the water gun, in which I promptly had to ask him to stop. Then Johnny decided it would be a good idea to spray me. This is a big no-no for distraction reasons. I asked him to stop and continued monitoring the pool. He continued to spray me, so I had to talk to his mother to try and put an end to it. Her response to this, he's just being a kid. I explained how this isn't allowed for multiple reasons, and she just shrugged it off. I decided to give this kid one last warning to no avail, he sprayed me again, and I had to ask him to leave. I feel like um, I feel really bad um, because he's disabled, but I really don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. Oh, Brother Al, Brother Al, we're going to start with you first since you love the kids. I love the kids. I do. But I ain't gonna keep telling you to stop. I done told you one time. 
You know me. I love the kids, but I just told you to stop, and you ignored me. So you want to keep spraying it. Okay, cool. Watch this. I'm going to go get one of them big water soaker guns. You want to spray people? This is what you want to do? All right, let's play rough. <laughs> and, and like you say, you know, and, and it's so it's so crazy that the story, because it's funny because this happened, it really happened even here in school when certain things happen, and these kids and the parents, oh, well, he's just being a kid. No, he's not. Now, okay, he's a disabled child. I understand that. So I'm going to have a little bit more patience. Like, okay, you know what? He got some issues. He's disabled, so he, you know, he got some issues. But we're going to do something to get him to stop because I said stop. So maybe I will. Maybe I, maybe I will. Maybe I will go get me a water gun and say, okay, you don't want to stop. Let me see how you like it. Oh, I'm going to snatch the gun from him. Well, it might be hard because they're kind of strong, but I'm going to get, get some type of water gun and spray them back. <laughs> let me let me tell you something about stuff. And this is serious. The kids that disabled and stuff like that, they they strong. So it'll be tough yeah. with that gun. And once I get it from, I'm going to spray them real nice. Now, do you, how you like that? <laughs> he might like it, though. It's take me play. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. Tamika, what you got? Uh, just looking at that whole idea. You know, um, I, I've seen situations where you understand that the, the child has special needs. And, you know, there are ways to cultivate them or, you know, try them, try to do something else, you know. And mom didn't even think about taking the, the, the water gun out of the child's hand. I've seen situations like, I'll give you a prime example. Um, over the, the weekend, uh, we were sitting at the airport and this lady had a child with her. And you could see, you could clearly see by the, the, the way that the child was maneuvering that, um the child with special needs, and I'm sitting there, and what happened was it was fine. The child was talking to himself, and he was moving around, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he gets out of the chair and gets back in the chair, but he jumped to the point that the seat behind us, not just my seat, but Al's seat, jumped, and I'm like, okay, the mother didn't respond at all. Like, it was almost as if she wasn't with him. You know, she she didn't blink or anything. And I understand that that might be behavior that you're used to, but there are things that you as the parent can do, you know, and he did it about two more times. Obviously, she must have got a hint because Al must have made an expression. She literally got up and moved. So this is what I'm saying. As a parent, your responsibility is to control that. You understand that your child especially special needs. I'm telling you that there's a problem, and you decide that, oh, you're just not going to do, oh, it's just a kid, he's just no, that's not the way that that handles. As an adult, you be the, the you know, you be the one that can um, deter that whole situation. Take the baby gun away from the child, you know. And so, as the person that made him leave, that's probably the best thing because if you take it out of the hand, then the child's going to act all kinds of crazy. We don't know if he's going to bounce off. He's going to start slapping and hitting. And 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 brother Al is extremely right. They are extremely strong, you know. And so that could be even worse. You know, so I think that the best thing for that person to do was to to, to make a move. All right, all right. Yeah, and, uh, yes. tell Tamika to tell, tell Tamika to tell you what I said to the kid before I got up and moved. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh. I don't know. She may have not said it for a reason. What did he say, Tamika? 
don't know what he said because I know that the lady moved, but I didn't hear. Oh, that. <laughs> I'm not saying that on the broadcast. <laughs> All right, now. You wouldn't say it for a reason, Brother Al. Oh, my goodness. Trying to stir up something here. We ain't got no bleeps, so. All right, now. Y'all tell me a secret later. Oh, Shanti, what you got? Are you talking to the mute button? I was. I'm sorry. That's the people and their kids. I'm with Brother Al. I'm with Brother Al. You might get two times, especially like like they said. You know, I can't afford to have any distractions. I can't afford to to have to reprimand you. Now, with somebody on the other side of the pool drowning, but I'm fighting with you over a water gun. No, no, no. Security, they don't belong here no more. <laughs> no longer. I don't I call, call the cops. No, my life is threatened, and so is everyone else's life, because now I can't save a life because they're poking me in the eye with a water gun. No, I would call the cops, come escort the kid and the parent, since you don't know how to tame your child, you don't belong here either. And simple, one, two, three. Don't I have time for all this? It's like, come on, why are you antagonizing the help? <laughs> no. No. Oh, call the cops. Wow. All righty. Thank you so much, my due time crew, for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. Y'all make sure you buy them. Make sure you call me later and tell, tell me what was said. All right. Later. <laughs> have a wonderful day. <laughs> Thank you. You too. You too. Thank you. All right, it's time for our Pray For Them. What you got for us, Shanti? This week on Pray For Them, we are praying for Lauren Kiana Palmer, which is better, who is better known as Kiki Palmer. Everybody knows Kiki Palmer from A Killer and the Bee, who also starred alongside Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne, the big spelling bee movie. Um, she was in a lot of other features. She's been acting since she was extremely young. She just had a child with her boyfriend this past February, and she has been in the media a whole lot because it seems ever since she came back from having her son, her attire has just been attracting so much media attention, and her and her boyfriend have been getting so much backlash. But we are praying for her this week because I came across a video that she um, did on, she was on Raven Simone's podcast, a podcast that Raven Simone has with her wife, Miranda. And she spoke about, now we all know that Raven Simone, everybody knows who Raven Simone is. She's a little older via from the Cosby show. Um, That's so Raven, the, the Disney um, TV show alongside Orlando Brown. And we pray for Orlando Brown. I believe oh, about a year and a half ago, um, Raven Simone came out that she was a part of the LGBT community a few years ago. A few years ago, she got married, and now her and her wife had this podcast where Kiki Palmer was featured on an episode, and she stated, amongst other things, that 
she began forming an awareness about her sexuality from when she was a young age. And she, Kiki Palmer was just, um, she released, I had no idea, back in 2015, she released a video for her song, song entitled I Don't Belong to You, where in the video she starts out in the bed with a man, and the man happened to be Rotini, um, in the bed with the man, but at the end of the video, she is now in lingerie knocking on the door of a woman, and the woman is also in lingerie and invites her in. So I guess that was also kind of her segue into stating that this is, like, she's bisexual, but she did release a statement in regards to the video, quote, the video was to represent the young women today. It's not the traditional woman anymore and not the specifics of am I gay, am I straight, am I bi, I'm making the rules for myself, and I don't have to be stuck down to one label. I have to make my own decisions. Happiness is defined by me. My sexuality is defined by me. And I'm sorry. And I don't have to be stuck down. Uh, My sexuality is defined by me, and that can change, and this can change, and I can make it what I want to make it because I'm the one who makes that choice. So that's what I don't belong to you is saying. This song feels right. It feels right, and it's telling who I am, and it captures my identity. Now, this past April, Kiki Palmer was honored alongside Pamela Anderson at the L.A. LGBT Center Gala. I didn't even know this thing existed. For her commitment to the LGBTQ plus activism. So, apparently, she's been an activist for that community for some time now. And when she was asked, or I think she just openly started speaking about her parents. She said, quote, sexuality and stuff like that. My parents never really cared about stuff like that or talked about that. And I know that by the time they saw how free of a spirit I was and whoever I wanted to date, they were kind of like, whoever cares, it was never anything that was in their mind, end quote. So I guess what she was saying is her parents pretty much support, like, whoever she wanted to date, whether they were a man, whether they were a woman, they okayed it. And, again, like she said, she was struggling with this for a while, but because she liked boys, too, she just kind of pushed the other side, tried to push the other side out of her mind. But we're definitely going to lift her up in prayer because I find it very interesting how this is made public even more now that she's a mother, the mother of whether she had a boy or a girl. But the mother of now a little boy and we don't know what kind of backlash her boyfriend is now going to to catch from this. But now, you, you know, she's been stating a lot about she's been feeling this way for a very long time, from a very young age, and we understand how the enemy has, I mean, we're seeing it a lot more evident now, but enemy always tries to attack you from when you're young because you're so impressionable, you don't really know, and now you grow up thinking and now that we live in a society where being a part of this community is being normalized more and more every day we just want to lift up her mind pray over her mind pray over her identity who god says she is pray over her son you know that she doesn't now like her parents okayed her all her life that she doesn't just okay this whole free spirit thing we've heard this plenty of times before that she learns to be the parent that her son needs to be, and she on the 
I'm praying for her peers, you know, because once I saw her, I didn't even turn the audio on yet at first practice stuff, but once I saw her, she was on a podcast with Raven Simone and her wife. I was like, please don't tell me this girl is now coming out and now she feels so comfortable because now one of her peers, because Raymond Simone and Kiki Palmer have been friends for many years now. But now, again, that Raymond Simone came out, it's like nothing now for me to come out. And so I've been feeling like this too. So praying for her, her peers as well. And, you know, just praying over her parents as well. You know, it's, you're never, it's never too late for you to parent. Kiki Palmer's only 29. She'll be 30 later on this month, God spares. Um, it's never too late to start parenting, you know, a certain way. But just praying for the situation overall and really, most importantly, just praying that she allows God to show her her true identity, not what she thinks, who she thinks she is, but who God is telling her she is. All right. Thank you, Shanti. Uh, yeah. Let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you and we thank you for an opportunity to just beseech you one more time. And, Lord, as we stand before you, we lift up before you, Kiki Palmer, the Heavenly Father, child, that's yours. She's not detached from your family. She's not detached from your love. She's not detached from your attention. And, Lord, we hold her up before you as an individual that says her life is her own. She can make her own decisions, whatever makes her comfortable, whatever feels right. And dear Heavenly Father, we, we pray. We pray to Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father, we pray that as a woman with a child now, that you help her to reconcile her thoughts back to you. We start with you, God. We come from you, regardless of whether we're shaped in sin and iniquity. Regardless of that, God, we are from you. Your word says, let us make man in our image. So we're ultimately connected to you, God, and her child who needs someone solid, focused, targeted, that would not let any anything happen according to how the wind blows, God. We're asking you, God, to just help her, to settle her to Heavenly Father. Draw her close to you, God, so that you can be the answer to any dilemma that she has. You can be an answer to any dilemma that her child has soon. Uh, the Heavenly Father, but we're born in dilemma because we don't even stand a chance with this world surrounding us, God. We're born into chaos. And Lord, we're asking you to just put your hand on this situation and don't let go. That she's in the entertainment industry where it's anything goes. So much activity, so um, so much instability. They're so confused. They're pulled and tugged from one side to the next. They're trying to figure out God was right or wrong. They're trying to figure out whether they should drink or not, whether they should use drugs or not, whether they should be involved with this set of people or not. 
And God, we're asking you to settle this matter. That you would wrap her in your, I mean, in your arms, keep her close to you, God, and just whisper gently in her ear, Father, that she would have the identity that you have designed for her, that she would have the identity that she was birthed with from you. Let her seek you who knows every hair on her head, every number of hair that's on her head, you know, because you are our creator, God. And that none of this chaos and confusion would be filtered into her child. I pray to Heavenly Father that, you know, that the parents look to you for what's come at their help so that they can have the right attention given to their child, that the child would be given back to you. Lord, there's so much going on here. She's been in this industry for a long time. We don't know the level of influence. We don't know if there's any drinking or drugs. We don't know how pure the situation is. If it's just her believing um, her homosexuality is okay. We don't know if that's the only problem. But Lord, we're asking you to take control so that she would not be confused anymore. That she would choose you at the end of the day. And we glorify you today as we come to you on her behalf. Because we understand that every single one of us need a Savior. And she too has a Savior available to her. Bless her, God. Bless her and her child, God. I pray, God, that she shifts her company. The people who are more solid and grounded in you. That they would embrace her right now. The same way she has negative connections, she has those positive connections to God. Even her parents be raised up to direct her to you. The answer is you. And we thank you for showing and indicating that to us, that we don't have a problem understanding that it's you. So we pray for her today that there would be no more chaos and confusion in her life but that she could choose wisely. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Ah, so there's so much uh, to be said for all the things that we go through in life. And we want to make sure that, you know, we stick close to God. You know, when I heard you uh Say, uh, Shanti, that you know, pretty much, you know, this is her life. She can make her decisions. You know, I, I just kind of trembled inside because whether it's teetering on homosexuality or bisexual or some level of crime or alcohol or drugs or promiscuity or just any level of confusion, doesn't matter in what mm-hmm. area. 
it it made me it made me shiver inside because we need God. We need God. We mm-hmm. need God in every life. Thank you so much for your prayer for them today and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you too. We we are not our own person. We're just not. As much as we want to believe that we're grown and, you know, we can work it out and we can do this thing and, you know, I know what I need and I know what I should have and we are so not prepared to make those decisions for our life. We're not. And when we realize it, that's when we and come to the proper, the proper um, decision that we need, God. Because when we think we can go out on our own, on our own, that's when we stay in trouble. When we think we can do this thing on our own, that's when we get in trouble. When we think we can hold it down, that's when we get in trouble. Because in actuality, we are nothing without God. There's no ifs, no ends, no buts about it. We are nothing without God. I don't care what your former life was about. Because some of us didn't have a, a, a crazy, you know, former life. Some of us didn't have, you know, that level of recklessness. However, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We all were born with the same issue, and that was we need a Savior. And God was so thoughtful, Genesis had a plan from Genesis, from the beginning when he created us. We weren't thought about, you know, way down the line from Genesis. He thought about us and he had a plan he had a plan for our lives and for some reason we think that our plans supersede God and we are so wrong we are so wrong thinking that we can do it on our own and when we detach from God that's the biggest mistake we can make. We're looking at a world that's detached from God. I always ask. All these consequences, behaviors, and repercussions, are they from the fact that we have said no all this time? How long do you think God's going to continue to step in when we keep saying no thank you? doesn't work like that. God is saying to us, you know what? Have at it. I keep saying this all the time. And here you have a woman who has just brought a life into this world. And if we don't think our confused world does not affect our children, then guess what? We better think again. We are their first role models. We are their first semblance of order or disorder. We are their first love. We are their example. And if we bring them into a world 
where all we have to offer them is chaos and confusion, then don't make, make no mistake about it. That's us. And that's them. Our children do not come through unscathed. They may come through better than because God has his hand on them, but they do not come through unscathed. They hurt. They hurt just like we do. And we need to make sure that we do everything that we can do to make sure they have the best option. And the only way they can have their best option is to give them God. The only way. When we don't do that, we run the risk of their life being even more chaotic than ours. Because the world today is, is a different world than when we grew up. Much, much different. So come on. Let's give our children what they need. And that's my biggest concern here. And she get her life together. Because you have another life attached to you. As a matter of fact, you have two lives attached to you. And either one of them could be the breakout parent. But since Kiki Palmer was the one brought to us, then that's the one we're talking about today. So come on, come on, come on. Let's get it done. And let's see God for every single decision we make. You've been listening to It's the Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I'm thank my disciple for always coming to me big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to just take Jesus as a personal Savior right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now, as later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's freestyle Friday. Until then, I love you.